Good afternoon, welcome to Market Wrap number 110. Stuart Williamson here at the helm. Why do we do this? To share and let people know what's going on in the residential UK market for their education, for their knowledge, to make buying decisions. So please do share it around. Please do like and subscribe. This week, 15 reasons why the UK residential property market won't crash anytime soon. Okay, if you're an existing property investor, you should feel pretty good about the risk you took to buy. It takes discipline to save up a deposit, so well done. It also takes guts to buy a large asset with a debt. So well done, you're in the market. For new property investors, things are a bit more trickier. There's a lot of strong demand out there. There's low stock availability. There's higher prices than there was like a year ago, two years ago. So you need to be careful. You don't run with the herd and make bad buying decisions. But that's what we're here to help with at APW. So let's review some of the reasons why we believe the housing market will, is likely to continue and stay strong for years to come. We at APW are assigning a 90% prob probability that the housing market will not crash, which is a 10% correction or greater, within the next three years. If I'm wrong, then I'll suffer the same as everyone else because I've got my own property investments. I'm currently adding to them. We're just in the middle of buying a, a new flat in, or not a new flat, a refurb flat in Cardiff. You know, so I will suffer, but I don't believe it will happen. Okay, reason number one, continued affordable mortgage rates. Although mortgage rates have come up from their 2020 lows, mortgage rates still are relatively low and they will probably stay relatively low for the rest of our lifetimes. And why is that? Because interest rates have been coming down since the 1980s, despite being some blips along the way, thanks to information efficiency, technology, global coordination, and learnings from previous cycles. Productivity gains have also been huge over the years. As reported previously, the markets are betting that interest rates will start falling in the UK and the US again by mid-2023. In the UK, they're expecting two more interest rate increases in September and December this year, but that's it. Number two, with negative real interest rates, homeowners are essentially borrowing free money. On an inflation-adjusted basis, homeowners are actually getting paid to borrow money. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. As a result, there will be continued strong demand to take out debt to buy residential property. Further, if interest rates have been coming down for the last 20 years, low interest rates will carry the housing market to new highs. To bet against, to bet that interest rates will suddenly surge to unaffordable levels after 20 years of decline is just not rational. It will continue the way it has been going. Number three, 80% of UK loans are on a five-year fix, taken out within the last year in the main. Are interest rates going to be super high in over four years time? Again, very unlikely. It'll spike, inflation will get in hand, the issues with um, logistics will go away, things will be better. Number four, housing stock levels will remain depressed for longer than we think. Okay, COVID has permanently increased the intrinsic value of real estate. When billions of people all over the world began spending more time at home in, from March 2020. The appreciation for, for a home's utility has gone up. Not only were homes protecting homeowners 
and their families from COVID, they provided them a safe place to work and a safe place to play. During perilous times, we hold on to what we treasure most. This is why real estate assets like homes held their value while stock markets crashed 32% in, on average in March 2020. Unlike a home, you don't need a stock market portfolio. You don't need funds to survive. Number five, potential home buyers are much rich, richer post-pandemic. The current potential home buyer is likely to be much richer today due to stock markets. The, F, the FTSE at 100 went from 5190 to 6400 in 2020, a 25% gain. Practically every single stock went stock index went up in 2020 in 2021 it was another great year for stocks but 2022 has seen those gains wiped out further they've got money from there they haven't spent much money because they haven't been going out of the house the current potential home buyers like to have held on to their job as well during the pandemic as a result there was little to no income disruption as millions of people work from home or found ways to make money from home so there's wealthy people out there. Institutional demand, number six. Institutional demand is increasing. There's a clear increase in demand from a number of institutional, institutional um, investors for PRS, for rental properties. We've seen that Lloyds and Barclays have set up large funds, I believe it was five billion from Lloyds, although it doesn't sound like a lot of money, um, to make these purchases. And they're not stupid. You know, they know where the market is going. So with a decline in interest rates, investors everywhere are looking for higher yielding investments. And this is what the rental sector gives them. Number seven, demographic forces are in play. There are 12.36 million people in the millennial generation in the UK. That's the highest number reported of people born between 1980 and 1999 ever. The millennial generation definitions by definition, therefore, is getting larger. But the point is, you've got all these 22 to 41 year olds who are in their prime home, home buying years, and that's what they're starting to do. All the previous talk of millennial generations renting for life is turning out not to be true. At APWC, all the time, clients wanting to buy in this age group. Every day, virtually, I'm speaking to someone of that age group, and it's not just one property, they want to retire and have a whole whole fleet of them. A good life tends to be the same as it ever was for most people. You find a partner, you own a home, you start a family, work hard, provide for your kids, retire with a home paid off, etc. Millennials have been late to get to that due to more education, more student debt, and then therefore relationships have been delayed and there's been more competition in the, the employment and the property market. But for the, five, for the past five to 10 years, the percentage of buyers that have been coming in to the market from that generation is huge. The average age of the first time buyer in the UK now is just 30, around 30 years old, according to Halifax. As an investor, it's generally a good idea to invest in long-term trends, positive demographics, and a long-term trend worth riding is this positive demographic for millennials. Once you invest in a positive trend, you don't have to worry as much about the minutiae. You know, the trend is your friend. You just need proper exposure, buy and sit it out. 
so it's a simple it's a simple um, approach the property market will be buoyed by new people coming in who, who, who weren't buying previously in addition to this we've got wealth transfer which is the other side of the coin the boomer generation born between 1944 and 1964 is one of the wealthiest generations in history because boomers have been able to invest in the longest bull market in history and that's not just in property that's almost also in the markets as a, as a result the boomers as they're called uh, have an estimated 50% of the 11 billion uh, sorry 11 trillion wealth that is in the UK wealth they will transfer into their children before or when they die we're seeing an increasing percentage of parents gifting money for homes to their adult children and we're also seeing parents now bypassing them from a gifting perspective potentially exempt transfers to their smaller children or grandchildren decades before they actually need that housing so it's not just millennials who are the younger end of the spectrum who are pushing this boom along or pushing this housing market it's not even a boomer that you call it now it's also those who are at the sort of end of their working careers as well so it's a case of you know as i said before the trend is your friend use it number nine equity cushion in the uk is strong only 30 percent 37 percent of uk homeowners have a mortgage uh, I didn't realize that myself until doing this research for this so there won't be a house market crash if you've got such a huge amount of equity out there you know 60% of people own their homes in full has plenty of equity to fall back on and the equity actually in properties is mainly large it's just first-time home buyers who will struggle they've put down 10% 20% loan to values of 80 to 90% you know that is a problem for them and in 2021 they formed the heart the largest part of the purchase of real estate in the UK so it sounds like a huge problem but they're only actually 10% of the borrowing market so it's a very small amount of the 100% in the UK that is at risk but it is going to be a problem for them and that's not something to forget basically if you add to this things like if you have been a home owner for longer than one year Ask yourself, would you ever sell that home at a discount? You know, would you get rid of it if, if it dropped in value? You're not gonna do that. You're going to wanna to, to sit it out and make sure that the property comes back up in value. It's basically the way people are with property and it's a, it's a natural a behavioral characteristic. So these, that's another reason why isn't going to be a crash because it's the last thing you sell is your property you always need somewhere to live okay point number 10 inflation is at a 40-year high residential property is one of the best inflation hedges given housing costs are a key part of inflation again inflation whittles down the real cost of debt inflation acts as a tailwind as well to boost rent and property prices with the latest inflation uh, figures at 11 percent and the average five-year fixed rate mortgage at 2%, borrowers are really experiencing a 9% discounted mortgage rate. That's amazing. 
when you have negative real mortgage rates, you want to responsibly borrow as much as humanly possible. And that is what we're advising our clients is to, you know, it's not against never a lender or borrower be, it's be a borrower, borrow as much as you can because you will get eroded away by inflation. Number 11, credit is still very tight, i.e. as to who banks will lend to. When the dot-com bubble burst in 2000, the UK residential property market began to outperform until it got as far as the GFC. Then the euphoria hit its peak, banks were lending it indiscriminately, you know, self-certification mortgages, things like that. From the global financial crisis, lenders have been forced to raise their controls and lend much more prudently. And that's a very good thing. So it's been a much better control since then. So the amount of lending that's bad out there is very small. So it's hard to see a residential crash again when predominantly high credit score borrowers with huge homeowner equity have been buying since 2008. That's the majority of the buyers who are secure, they're not over leveraged. Number 12, rents are projected to go up by 15 to 20% according to Zoopla over the next five years. You know, ultimately, property, the value of a property is based on a multiple of its rental income. As a result, rising prices are supported by rising rents nationally. Number 13, rising build costs. The typical cost to rebuild or to build a three bed, two story semi-detached home in the UK is now 243,000 pounds. That's up 17% from 2020. Okay, this is according to Nimble Fins, who are a, a well-known research house, uh, house. Why is this? Because wood prices have tripled, 40% of builders laborers have left the country due to Brexit and COVID, so house prices are being pushed up. That's another good reason why you should be buying property. Number 14, selling costs to sell a home are still too high. In addition to stamp duty and potential capital gains taxes to pay, which are huge, so you're going to pay a massive stamp duty when you buy your next house. In one of your clients this week I was working with had a £300,000 SDLT land bill. In addition, there's all the costs of preparing a house for sale. Painting, sanding floors, changing fixtures, repairing stuff. You get a, someone to come out and stage your house. It's all a huge amount of money. So given all the, tos, the costs and time required to sell your home, you have to be really motivated if you want to sell. In addition, selling during a pandemic is just another hurdle, which has stopped a lot of people selling, which is why there's a smaller supply. Okay, perhaps therefore there is pent up supply coming around the corner once we get to herd immunity. But unless selling costs go down, it's still gonna stop people from selling up in, in you know, Watford and moving to Glasgow. Yeah. And if it comes to panic selling, the cost and time required to sell a house, it, it, it's too long and you don't get panic selling. So the whole market is too well set for this market crash, supposedly. And number five is a very sad, and 15 rather, is a very sad um, reason. War is making residential property more attractive. You know, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has made people look towards owning a, a, a more hard assets like real estate and gold because they're seen as secure and they become highly coveted asset classes. You know, that's a really bad thing to add. But that's basically 15 good reasons why you should buy property. Thank you very much for listening. Do like, subscribe, share. 
I want to thank uh, Financial Samurai for a portion of the research, plus a number of other research houses that will um, have their um, graphs and the like in, in the presentation. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed it. Do take care. Thank you. Cheerio.